and welcome aboard everyone this is another episode of the captain lou podcast with your host captain lou and co-captain luke it's me and like i said it's for what it's worth <laughs> uh first thing we'd like to do is thank our sponsors um the first tier of sponsorship is going to be uh life skateboards who um make our skateboards that we ride for what it's worth and i mean the riding because the boards are top notch for those of you guys who are on the facebook live video or who catch this on our channels here's mine and that one over there is one of mine too panhead xl with a 1475 wheelbase just as god intended always crisp <laughs> always snappy <laughs> Never too dense, but always good and stiff. It's good stuff. Life skateboards, handmade by hands in a workshop by men who have hands. Casper and Sam make every single board from selecting and laying up the laminate to the hand-rolled glue to the hand-rolled and hand-applied lino-cut graphics. Every graphic is a lino-cut, and they come out almost embossed truly i would almost call that an embossed graphic but that's it's not embossed by uh, design that's just what it's like when you have real ink being applied by real people i love it i do it's the best way to get a skateboard so you know um become a lifer <laughs> get a life skateboard there truly. you are that's our first sponsor our second sponsor is uh is all of you who have uh, jumped on our uh, pod bean, it's bean sponsorship. Luke and I had a, a really <laughs> tough conversation about, a row. <laughs> about him calling it pod beam. It's a hard word to say. There's a lot of like hard consonants in there. See how I just said consonant? I stop. <laughs> I didn't all I did was confess that we had a good conversation. <laughs> Now, you sound just like my dad right now. <laughs> <laughs> your dad loved you. Yeah, it's like your, your dad, dad loves a good you, dude. <laughs> That's funny. I think it's. A, I think you can tell how that conversation went. Yes. All it was was me asking him, "Hey, man, do you pronounce it pod beam sometimes?" And then he said, <laughs> "Maybe." <laughs> boo, 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 it's hard. And then I said. Hey man, but it's pod bean. <laughs> it's a bean. Wow, but then I then I set into that thing I do. I was like, Do you care? <laughs> do you even care about anything, bro? It was no. funny. No. Well, um, yeah, those of you who've gone on the pod bean uh for listening, now we have Apple. We're on an, on the Apple waves. Yes. Um that's that's a great thing. Yes. Apple makes it a lot easier for you guys to find and listen to our stuff. You don't have to go to Podbean. Yes. Um We're which is harder than you think because yes. uh, most people are typing in Podbeam, I guess. <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> it's a hard work to say. It's it's hard it's a it's not that hard. It's but fun. there on Podbean <laughs> you can find a uh, a support uh portal channel portal and become a sponker. Portal and uh, a, por a support hole <laughs> and we really appreciate the folks who have uh been going on there and supporting us i don't know we're running probably better than 50 bucks a month we were at 65 bucks a month last i looked at it which is longer than it should have been ago yeah um 
we should be on these stats every day. We're not. It's fine. Because our brains belong to creating this media, not to uh, uh, fiending after uh, filthy lucre. <laughs> gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's how I feel. I know. it. I, I, I think it's the right way. This is how I live. Yeah. So um, that's our sponsors. Yeah, quickly, I wanted to let everybody know we're also on Google Play, which is the Android version of Apple Podcast, as far as I understand it. So um, if you have an Android phone, come on now. Just look us up. We don't have Android, so I haven't checked it, but I'm sure it's there. That's right. And uh, for those of you who've been following the show, we had a major upgrade. Um, I uh, My son broke the lens on the camera of his iPhone 12. Yes. And uh, because he has a, a his own roofing company, um, and it's... Uh, it's been a busy year for him. It's really, this year has only been four months long for him. Crazy. Um, here's an idea. Start a roofing company really late in the season. And <laughs> kill it. <laughs> kill it. He's killing it. Holy cow. Yes. I'm nothing like this guy. Everything I do dies on the vine. Oh. In a good way. Well. I always want to do things that are like, oh, I want to start a skateboard brand that redefines <laughs> the top tier of the quality of what a skateboard brand can be. I mean, that's the kind of dumb <laughs> idea I come up with. Is that the voice that's inside your head? Is yeah, it is. Oh my gosh, I hate that guy. <laughs> when my kids, when my kids, all, all my kids say, and then dad says to me, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know, there's this dad voice. So I started talking in that voice. <laughs> it felt good. <laughs> Just to know that they were hearing me in real life, like yes. they hear me inside their heads. Yes, finally, some continuity. Oh my God. <clears throat> Bray's three sons. Uh, one of them's breaking the 30 year old barrier. Uh, he started his own, he's a, he's a software developer, started his own company this year. Uh, the other one, he's in his upper 20s, and uh, both of the top two there, they're married and have been for a while. And then uh, the youngest one is finishing up his last year in. Uh, the old uh, university concept. And uh, so I've got three sons and uh, all three are killing it in their own way, I guess. Even though when you get into the fray and you experience killing it, it's hard to distinguish yes. what's killing what and who's killing who. It really <laughs> is. Truly. So they're hard workers. So I really appreciate my sons. And uh, I, Captain Lou, um, I work part-time as a roofing um, installation supervisor. Yeah, it's a project manager, and I speak Spanish on the job. That's one of my my uh, my skills. Spanish, truly. And Luke, what do you do? I'm a surveyor. Luke's a surveyor. Well, let me clarify, because if uh, another surveyor is in here, he's going to be mad that I said that. Yeah. I'm not a licensed surveyor. I do not have my license yet. I'm on my way, slowly, surely. But I work for a surveying firm. Mostly in oil and gas right now. And if you know, you know. Oil and gas. Oh, do you know George W. Bush? Yes. Personally. Personally. Yeah, that is damning. <laughs> Straight to hell. No. <laughs> Don't go there. Oh, you're making me tremble. <laughs> Don't make me tremble. Oh, my God. Fear and man hell jokes really uh, are intense for me. <laughs> Truly. So, um, uh, Luke, what were you saying downstairs today? Something about something, something. I was musing about an Instagram post that I saw. I should probably pull it up. Um, it was the barracks saying that they had transitioned from um, being having a majority ownership of the barracks being owned by Logan Paul's company? Question mark? 
at some point Logan Paul's company had a 51 stake or 51% stake for like the last five years and they just got out of that and I thought that that was fascinating for many reasons one of which is because what is I don't even what Logan Paul's I don't understand why does Logan Paul care I don't I don't know and why would they do that they're one of the, they're the supreme they're they're top of the crop as Bro, far as aren't, skateboarding the, aren't those Paul boys from Ohio I'm gonna look it up right now. Where they are. It? Are they really? They are. There's one more Ohio thing that is running skateboarding. <laughs> See, or um, was at least. Well, I mean, for a long time. Yeah. Um, listen, the thing about uh, big stuff that we see, like our major media, is it's a, uh, it's almost all uh, owned by holding companies and larger concerns. Yes, which is fat. It's that's good to keep in mind. I think. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's that. Um, I don't think it's that remarkable. Uh, there was a, a huge emphasis in my lifetime and during my uh, my my time as a um, a company owner. There was a huge emphasis on skateboarders owning everything in skateboarding. Still is really sure um, a huge gate gatekeeping idea. And not all gatekeeping is bad. I don't I don't think that what a lot of times what you're talking about is leadership. Yeah, um, business community yes. and community leadership are necessary. You're always going to have it. Yeah, and um, there's good leadership that says, "Yeah, we're not going to have that to things that you really don't want to have." Sure, that's when leadership is is doing its job well. When leadership is uh, doing its job poorly, we we can call them gatekeepers, <laughs> and that's a negative thing. Yeah, um, maybe maybe what I just said is flawed. It is flawed. Because I said it. <laughs> you know, you come on the Captain Lou show here. You've come here to listen to us rant for, uh, we're doing 45 minutes yeah, or today. Something. Yes. And then we're doing 45 minutes <clears throat> again. So this will be a part one, part two. Yes. And um, you come on here and you're listening to, this is an opinion podcast. That's yeah. what this is. You got two God-fearing men who've been in skateboarding for a minute. Luke for about 12 years, 10 years. Or something, mm -hmm. yeah. And I've been in in the I've, I've been in I've been accused of not being a skateboarder so much by the gatekeepers, <laughs> um, and I understand why someone would accuse me not of not being a skateboarder because where's my three flips? I know. Come on, man. Um, I'm from the '80s, and uh, also I'm a little weird. And you'll pick that up as you listen to our episodes. But um, Train of thought, you that's know. fine. Tell me it's out, fine. Luke. Well, you know, I, I can't remember what you're saying. No, we're either. an opinion podcast. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Yeah, and right. uh, so you, you come opinions. on here for some opinions, right? And that's what you're getting. Yeah, so today we're going to bandy about last episode. I thought was straight fire, as the youth <laughs> will say. Um, last effort, uh, last episode, we went in depth on, um, on uh, uh, the we really went in on Andy Schrock. I don't think that that's necessarily true. No, not, I mean, he was not, in, a, not in a negative way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we right. asked the question about uh, people making their kids famous. And I yes. think we'll circle back to that one again. Yes. Um, but uh, and and then um, today we're we're just we're just going to muse on this thing about uh, big oh big skateboarding businesses being owned by holding companies. And there's a favorite of mine from history, the La Jolla Group. Hmm. Uh, every everything they own is just going to get sold and diluted and wind up in Target, <laughs> you know, wind up on the shelf at Dick's Sporting Goods and Walmart and Target. I mean, we've got 
major, major brands that would never have done that. I mean, Real Skateboards Deluxe has product on the shelf in such outlets as Dick's Sporting Goods. Yeah. And I, and I this is the skater made thing. That's where my train of thought was. Yeah, keep it core. Cool. This is where the keeping it core thing, I just, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care. Yep. Um, if you, if you want to see something more epic and core and you want that, Sometimes you have to let go of the past and look into the present and see what's going on. Yep. That's why brands like Life Skateboards are remarkable and worthy of attention. Sure. I don't like the idea of support. Um, it is supporting them to buy their product. But the thing is, what you're supporting them in doing is supporting you with product that is made in a way and of a quality that is remarkable in this world. Now, you know, I get it. Not every, not everything is for every single person. And the person who loves boards that break on day five or that splinter apart with chippy edges and have no satisfaction guarantee and no direct communication with the people who actually make them, right? you know, there are people who prefer that. I think that's fine. There are. I really do. There are people who like, you know, what's on the wall of the shop. They buy it off the wall at the shop and like that, and they don't. And another thing is, God. now life is uh, is in skate shops. And if, you know, if you're a skate shop and you don't carry life skateboards, then um, you should get one. <laughs> do it. You should get 10 lives. Oh, my gosh. Um, get nine lives. Be a cool cat. Get nine <laughs> lives on the wall at your skate shop. <laughs> Um, but, uh, it's, you're not, you're not supporting, it's not like a support them. Like they're, they're, uh, they're in, like a, a, a sad Oliver twist Dickensian character. Huh. You're, you're supporting them so that they can support you. Right. And, um, so far as I know, the vast majority of people who wind up riding a life skateboard, uh, find them delightful. Mm. Um, they've got at least three different concaves. Yes. They have the flatter concaves. They have the deep bowl concaves. They have the fickle concave that I created in my in my workshop and hand rendered. Uh, they have they have all that, Casper and and uh, Sam. They they have that. So, but uh, the barracks. You've been there. I've been there. What when when were you at the barracks? I lived in L.A. like around 2015 mm -hmm. for a minute, and I was there. Somehow I was like in a group who knew somebody who was going to go. And so it was like a friend of a friend of a friend. But I, I went and I had a really nice time. I'd love to skate the Bears again. It was a, it's a really cool park. And Steve Barra was a super, super nice guy. Very, very kind, very hospitable. Um, he was just a cool dude to be around, which I think matters and means something. How much, whatever. Um, but yeah, so I went... Uh, we skated probably for a couple hours, and then I think that we went again. But I can't remember. It's been a little bit now. So you might have been there twice. I, I might have been there twice. I think actually I was there twice. Cool. I think I think that's the deal. I just did front side slashes, and I did a big old rock and roll on that extension that they put up on top of the quarter pipe in the back. Big old, and some guy who was super good, probably famous, was like, that's a sick rock and roll. And I was like, thanks, man. You do sick rock and roll. I try. You really deck them. I try. You I try. deck them. Yeah. It's um, it's a it's a feature, not a bug. I I don't do uh, a lot of rock and rolls anymore because I uh, I tore the meniscus in my knee oh, doing a frontside rock. I did not know that. Um, yeah, but it was mm. a recoverable tear. I healed while skating. 
um, that uh, was back in 2013, 14, 13. Yes. Um, those were the years when I wore shorts all winter long. Did you know me then? I do. Okay. I recall the glory. You remember me wearing a black knee brace when I skated? I actually that do remember that. That was the torn meniscus. That's what was happening. I didn't okay. complain about it a lot. Yeah. Because what are you going to do? Right. It was not a terrible tear. Right. Uh, but it was it was torn. Yes. It's fine. Yes. Um, and also now, uh, one of the realities of the old captain is uh, I can't I can't run out of things. Who's got time for it, dude? Oh, I'll tell you. Um, if I can't run out of it, I'm not going to try it. And that's why I just do a lot of. Man, it just makes me think of of Pete from Pete's Pigs. There's dude. another there's another skateboard outlet. Pete shapes and paints boards, and they are just. So it's not only the qualities of the of the lumber, but the inspiration of the of the the creator behind it that I love so much. Yes. And um, boy, would I love it if uh, we could just get to Pete, dude. I want to do a week with Pete. Me too. Uh, just go sick. and uh, grab a grab a place near him. Yes. And spend a couple of days. Um, skating with him and getting his story into podcast format yes because i have a feeling that even if uh he didn't share his story but he shared stories um it would be sick for you all to meet pete from pete's pigs because um from what i can see in his skating he has a surfer and an artist's take on the physicality you know the the performance of daring do <laughs> That's why that's <laughs> yes. why uh, our yes. our podcast will be an empire, right? There. Yes, right. It's the vocab is the vocab. Yes, <laughs> dude. Yes. But uh, Pete is an absolute national, international treasure in skateboarding, and truly, uh, much like uh, life skateboards, uh, Pete is a feature in the in the craft skateboard, ca you know, category. Um, I think craft skateboarding is is up here, top tier. Yep. I think that after craft skateboarding, you have the um, the rest yeah just all they, of them. they filter down and, and they kind of filter down by woodhouse yeah they kind of do yeah and um i know the gifted hater and ben de gross have covered like a lot about the wood yes um their work that they did with that was terrible yeah <laughs> was it was really really <laughs> superficial um, yeah but they said so while they were doing it Which, they were fair to the listener that's awesome but i can't help but say like you know, if you don't know what you're talking about and you only have like one like kind of tangential source on the topic. Yeah. Why so why did you go so far about it? Nobody is coming away from that yeah. feeling like they don't know anything. But you said you didn't know anything. You then said a bunch of things and what they come away thinking is that you they come thinking what you they know what you said <laughs> when you didn't have the source material on it. But you know what? In their, in their defense, um, it's very hard to get a handle on where wood is made and what kind of process it's made with because these are private companies. Right. And one reason that they play their cards close to their chest is because a number of them are lying. <laughs> they're lying and they fluff their orders with chinese and mexican made wood others of them tell the truth uh, that they make their boards in mexico but then they lie and yeah. say that it's really good quality right and um it's a pretty disgusting uh 
ecosystem of business yeah that produces boards that last i mean if you're really if you're really out there stomping on it your board's gonna last one to three weeks yeah and you're probably proud of yourself when it breaks yes and honestly it's fine it's fine you remember we had a conversation like five years ago and it was in the workshop downstairs and you were saying wouldn't it be cool if a craft brand mm -hmm. <clears throat> offered a a subsidiary pod beam pod beam a subsid a subsistence brand underneath it that mm -hmm. it owned that made boards that were still craft but were just shit you know who tried that who did did somebody do it christian svitak he did it another ohio guy yeah come on now christian svitak had a brand called 1031 because he was born on halloween oh and um there are nicer people than him but i'm hard pressed to to remember who they are he's a he's a nice guy <laughs> for what it's worth yes i think it's worth something and a talented skateboarder yeah and a tough person yeah like you watch his skateboarding that guy's skills are hard won yeah and he started a brand called 1031 and i thought it was just about the best brand in that core skater owned vein sure. it operated on um identifiably midwest ethics he had his top tier that was pressed this is what always bothered me pressed by beer city okay all right that's out of milwaukee milwaukee yep um which is that's great that's americana that's blue collar yeah uh was a disappointment when i found out that beer city didn't press boards at all it was the plywood company that had been pressing boards for tons of brands for a long time um that's fine oh, i was disappointed oh. to find out that beer city was not a place that had presses oh, well, I, walk me through it so where did they get their wood well they got their wood from beer city okay yeah but where did beer city get their beer wood? city got their wood from a factory which is fine and the okay. factory was still in milwaukee so everything's cool here yes but then uh 1031 also offered cheaper boards okay under their their subsidiary brand okay budget cuts ah and okay. they were called 1031 budget cuts okay they were made in the mass production warehouse factories of mexico okay and um uh i've looked into it and it's hard for me to pierce through and get my noggin to trust the information but appears to be a bit of wage slavery really uh, yeah that sucks dude well the, the problem is if you charge what a board's really worth in labor and production and and advertisement and you know the whole fulfillment of the whole chain yeah you're going to be paying about 95 dollars a board which chinese crap boards are now selling for on websites <laughs> from quasi and fna and all that stuff of course right so and andy anderson and powell and they've got their boards at 74 to 95 dollars a pop and right we're already there and the boards are still made uh, actually powell like i love powell yeah powell has a chinese subsidiary brand hmm that's the uh cabs brand the dragon brand oh black dragon red dragon dude i don't know i don't either red dragon is that australian kid <laughs> that's um ellis jason ellis okay he does a podcast with tony hawk oh yeah that's so nice it's fine <laughs> um so 1031 did uh a subsidiary brand that was made in mexico and um 
uh, what happened was because they were 15 bucks cheaper nobody bought the good stuff all the shops bought the budget cuts I, I spoke with Christian about this and um, and was was really sad to hear him say that the shops only want the budget cuts it sucks and that wasn't that wasn't what uh, they needed to be selling right so um, that was probably one of the contributing factors to uh you know him moving on to better better places from there i i, I know that he was then involved with elephant oh yeah by the sword uh some stuff like that i don't know what where he is right now but i wish him well sure um but the yeah uh and fickle skateboards my my brand I was going to do a collaboration with Life Skateboards hmm. when Life was a little smaller. I was going to do a collaboration with them to have a uh, more mass-produced popsicle board that we could do in larger volumes, simple graphic, and, and do the same kind of thing without outsourcing it. Which would be super cool. Yeah. 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 That's what we were discussing in the basement. You know, like instead of four-hour pressings, you're talking an hour and two a half, hour pressings, maybe two right. hours, you know. Right. Maybe you're using a ch cheaper, thinner veneer of some sort. or a Same stuff. Uh, maybe you so. can't get a thinner veneer. I mean, it's not like you can buy a cheaper thinner veneer. It's okay. all one sixteenth or one twentieth. Okay. Um, and the one twentieth and the one sixteenth cost like the same. Same, right? Yeah. So you might as well, right? But uh, they, I mean, I, if I did it today, I'd do just the same thing. I'd make custom boards. Yep. In small batches for customers, nice service. I do twenty of those a month. Yep. And then I would uh, shuck out some stock models like three stock models yep. the problem is this that the skate shops at the retailer level did not have interest in selling premium product at a higher profit for themselves they were more interested in selling there was a secret there was a secret creature in the room there was a leak in the boat yeah and the leak in the boat was the shop decks because ah. there's a shop deck that they can sell for 20 bucks less than what's on the wall and make the same amount right um, and that really goes back to the wood houses opening up too many accounts um, and so they ruined the ability for like deluxe to get in the van like they used to nobody even remembers when deluxe would get in the van and come out and skate in your city hmm. so long ago sure you know um, yeah it killed the van tour and it killed the skateboarders coming and doing demos in your city but you know, in a way, that's okay because it was uh, it was made up for by us being able to see that stuff on Instagram for free. <laughs> really, it's a it's a, a shifting ecosystem. Yeah, sure. It's not a moral thing. Yeah, and it's not even terribly ethically transgressive that things went that way. It's an ecosystem, and there's been invasive species that caused shift, sure. and now your forests are honeysuckle. Yeah. Straight up, you know, right, and that's that's not the worst thing in the world. I mean, right, it doesn't really trouble me terrible much. So, yeah, I'm I'm interested. I feel right now in this moment like I see a correlation between hobbies or career paths that involve like a a passion level feeling that people have towards them, like skateboarding, with a low a lower bar of entry that result in everybody running to the bottom essentially as far as price goes i don't know if that's true or not this is just my perspective in this moment but because like 
You, you talk, are you talking about quick cash, money grab, greed, burning out, slash and burn well, ethics? Yeah, well, if, yeah, you that, that if, thing. if you combine people saying things like, it's always been my dream to own a skate shop. It's always been my dream to own a skate brand. And then everybody else has the same feeling because everybody yeah. loves skateboarding. So right. everybody starts a brand. Yeah. And then in order to compete in the market, your stuff has to be so cheap in order to sell because ev everybody else is offering the same thing. You that know was, what I mean? That was what everyone... There were two things I think were not true. Um, I saw them disproved in my own work. Uh, the first one is, that's not what the kids want. Hmm. Um, the kids want diamond supply. They want DGK. They want, okay, so yeah. we saw that. Right. Um, and the, the second one was, um, nobody's willing to pay that for a skateboard. <laughs> and I saw both of those be completely disproved in my... 11 12 years as a brand owner as my brand through nothing but being something of value wound up being valued sure and getting on the motorcycle and going and skating with people who rode the boards i made um, was the most successful making short videos facebook lives and short youtubes right and focusing on making boards um, I have uh, two customers that I consider myself to have failed hmm. in that entire 11, 12 years. Sure. I know of uh, not even five others who indulge themselves in an angry attitude toward me, <laughs> but I'm c absolutely confident that I overserved both of those. Sure. I can think of two. Right. That's a really good run. Yeah. Um, thousands of boards went out. And um, overall, in my workshop, making thousands of boards, I was convinced that the retailers who were telling me, oh, that's not what the kids want, were, they were incorrect. Yeah. And that they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't in touch with the, with the real nature of market dynamics. And I think right. they underappreciated their own role, their own power to drive sales at the counter in the boutique experience. Right. Um, to say to someone, this is real. I did see them driving sales to their shop decks because that was just like shooting fish in a barrel. Right. But the skate retailer really, really didn't have a strong motivation to, because look, every shop deck that goes out there in your community <coughs> is advertising your skate shop. Yeah. And you're like, that is a really valuable thing. It is. It is. Right. Um, Which explains part of the low the yeah. low price for a shop day. It's not fair for a guy like me, a craft board maker, to say to a skate shop, hey, you should you should treat my work with dignity. None of you Cretans are worthy to write. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the Not Daily News was, was, spoofed me good, and I loved it. Yes. Um, you know, it, it, it it's really not fair for me to say to them, you shouldn't prioritize shop decks that's not well said the fact is that a retailer that has a brand product that advertises for them is always going to um our facebook live just pooped out that's funny <laughs> yes. they're always going to focus on the the brand retail sale yes you know well, what's funny is you weren't even advocating for that. You weren't at, you, mm. you weren't making some sort of moral no, argument I, against no, shop I, decks. No, I, like... I used to get spicy about it. I did. <laughs> no, I used I remember, to get but... spicy and call out the shops for being uh, for being uh, um, heels and 
and and cowards and, and sure. uh, like that. I I I used to say um, that you know um, I used to I used to say uh, uh, nobody nobody hates you quite like your own skate shop does was sort of my attitude. I think how I used to say it was something more like um, I used to say it something more like oh I used to say uh, question authority. Yeah, especially douchey retail authority. <laughs> authority right. That was yes. that was the line I took because right. your skate shop is is sitting here telling you that oh well, our boards are on deluxe wood. That right. was their classic oh line. Gosh, that was all over the Midwest where we live. Yeah, and uh, no, they weren't. Oh no, maybe they were because deluxe wood isn't even deluxe wood. wood deluxe yeah, wood is bareback. Bare well, okay, so right. Yeah, right. so that deluxe wood is generator wood, yes. and generator wood is bareback wood. You see, so when you bring up that Logan Paul or it, it, Ryan Paul, it's it's hype beast. When uh, Logan Paul is affiliated, right? So you say that hype beast owned the owns the owned the barracks or yes. or the, a majority portion yeah, of the fifty one percent, right? Um, it makes me think about how, you know, here in the Midwest, you know, or, or wherever you live, you may be a, 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 just a skateboarder who just loves, you know, you might be in just loving skateboarding and you might be like, I don't skate anything but plan B. <laughs> right. 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 And you're like, no wood is better than plan B. Plan B is the best wood. Well, plan B isn't the wood at all. No. There's a Chinese factory that right. tells right. the buyer at plan B. Right. They tell the buyer at Plan B that, oh, we, we're making a very special product for you. It's not like anyone else's. Really? We're using a different glue with your boards. We're using <laughs> a different veneer with yes. your boards. Right. You're special. And then Plan B goes and, and makes a whole ad campaign based on their, their right. special you know, type 10 glue or whatever they're using. Right. Or, you know, and, and, and then uh, what you don't know is that, no, they're not. Right. Uh, no, they're not. I know a I know a, a long term industry consultant who reviewed film from the floor of these shops hmm. and watched them mixing batches and not doing the recipes right. Yeah, of course. And then reported back to the brands and said, Yeah, they don't do anything like they tell you they do it. Right. You know. Right. And um and more. I have more stories from that yes. from that industry consultant. Sure. But um this this whole this whole firing up a new live video. We're just going to continue. Um, uh, so this this whole this whole um, there's a mythology in skateboarding at the customer's end, right? That like you know, oh, you know, I I love I like skating real, but <laughs> but crooked crooked I don't like as much as right. real. And uh, but uh, antihero is the best, and they're all three of their the exact it, it, same product. Literally, from, and then uh, Deluxe will tell you it's generator wood. Generator knows that it's bareback wood. Right, and, and it wasn't until 2010 that it it looked like everyone here stopped finally stopped calling it all <laughs> deluxe wood right because bareback and generator were selling that wood to midwest skate shops and they were telling the skit the salespeople at generator were telling the skate shops this is the same wood as deluxe while they were telling deluxe you guys get a special right product right and so this is mostly mythology yes it's mostly a soup of California convenience, right? That business culture of, 
And when you come down to it, generator, it's not like generator has like a person who's responsible for what's going on there. They're held by a holding company. Yeah, the entire time. Right. And every now and then you'll get one of these operations that operates like this and then they'll have a spokesperson, right. you know, a legacy spokesperson. We've got that in in um, Robert Deerdick. Um, no, you know, Rob Deerdick does not go around talking about the quality of wood for whatever brand he might own oh, a piece no. of. Yeah. He doesn't. Not anymore. Because he was involved with the Alien Workshop. I guess Rob, that's true. Rob was always pretty, he's a pretty honest player. Hmm. He just deals with MTV. He basically yeah. owns MTV. Yeah, right. Really? Right. I think that, I think that Rob, I watched a documentary on his relationship to MTV. <coughs> Guy's a mogul. Yeah. Took his opportunities. Um, I would I would not have done the same thing uh, that he's done, right? But that's not said with a, a huge amount of disapproval. Sure. Um, uh, that said, you know I hate it. Um, <laughs> that's a joke. Yeah. I don't I don't care about it. Sure. Um, I, it's what what I tend to do is go and speak my mind while I try to create an alternative. Right. And the fact is, I may spend my whole life creating alternatives that don't that don't work sure that's fine uh, you know creating alternatives that don't work is a life spent creating trying yeah. you know and that's a good life i uh, saw a TikTok today that said uh, 50 years old is considered middle age hmm. but it's not the average male lives till 75 Oh. So I have one third as long to live sure. as I have, you know, as already I, as live. I will live. Yeah, right. I have half as long to live as I have already lived. Right. The fact is I'm, I'm on the downhill, you know, if there are 25 years left of Lou Ross on the planet, sure. that would be, I mean, I don't know, toward the end, I'm, I'm, if I'm, if I'm not crapping my pants, I'll just start doing it for fun. Um, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> I don't know. It depends. Yeah, we'll see. That was for, for Sam Cook. Yeah, it thank depends. you. Yeah, it him. depends. Yeah, that's so, for you, Sam. So yeah, so you've got the all this, and and but here from <coughs> from from the this side of the skate shop counter, we look at this and we see it as chicanery. Yeah, you know, and there is there's a certain dishonesty to the incompleteness. These no. are these are interests that represent themselves. Like, you're going to tell me. You're going to tell me that a factory in Tijuana where no skaters work. Right. All right. And where the wages are super low and the volumes are super high, pressing mass quantity. You're going to start an Instagram and you're going to promote that like it's something special. Right. When similarly in China, multiple factories and others in Mexico are doing the same thing. Yeah. It's really relatively blasé. Yeah. But you throw a white lab jacket on a guy. Oh boy. Well, I mean, no, uh, no I get it. I look <laughs> I like <laughs> I like Paul. <laughs> I do and I would I'd be happy to have him on uh, on a podcast, but yeah. but the thing is I'm not going to throw softballs and I'm not going to give I'm not going to give credence to a legacy um, that is mostly predicated on California business image. Right. It's just not. Right. And, um, you know, like, and, and I'm also not going to declare something is of terrific quality that I've watched side by side fail at the same rate as the deluxe wood, which is abysmal. Right. Abysmal. Right. It's abysmal wood. Sure. 
I've, I, you know, my own eyes do not deceive me. They do not. Yeah. And and uh, and that doesn't make it wrong. Well, the thing that really grinds my gears is the narrative coming from mainstream skateboarding, which the Instagram post on the barracks was full of, which is this crazy, like, hyper-loyal fluff of, like, yeah, we're all skateboarders, man. We're all skateboarders. We love skateboarding. And then all the corporate overlords are like, you know, oh, you know, from us, by us, to you, like, we got your back, all the shit. And then when you get behind the curtain, it's all just garbage, junk, stupidity the entire way through. It's like shitting in a pond and then telling people to drink from it or something. You know, like, it's just the worst, dude. Like, well, it's the lie I'll that's tell so you, painful. Luke, I think, I think you're, you're, you're maybe, your image of toxicity is yeah. a little bit misapplied. I'll tell you what's like shitting in a pond and telling people to drink from it is having one of the main judges at the X Games, God. you know, yes. being a, you know, being a, such an alleged criminal yeah. and doing nothing. Really, I, I, I say almost nothing. Yeah. Cr criminally neglecting the opportunity for a teaching moment hmm. in the greater community. And that wasn't committed by board brands alone. Right. That was committed by outfits like Jankum tried a little bit. Sure. They tried a little bit. Um, I grade them a C minus. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I grade. I lost a lot of respect if I was going to have any for Jenkins Magazine in the way that they handled that sort of thing. You sure. They consistently went soft. Yes. On it, the skateboarding's media went harder on poor dumb old Jason Jesse. I know, dude. Uh, dumb as a stump in the <laughs> '90s. That kid was a mess. Yep. And he was being rewarded for being transgressive, and he did the dumbest and most evil things yes. in the 90s. And then he's had to step lively and keep his head down. You can see it in the posture. Whenever he's like gets to have an interview or anything, you can see it. They grind these people down by causing them to misbehave, and then right. they have compromise on them. There's yeah. a lot of people in skateboarding that are just hoping, they're just begging that, that the rest of the story doesn't get out. Sure. And skateboarding is still holding the stories because people stay loyal. Yep. And I I think it's that's the toxic, horrible thing. No, absolutely. This business stuff where they're just sh they're just shining your doorknobs about what yes. what what right. wood is from where and like that. Nah, that's garden variety. Yeah. Uh, mass production industry marketing BS. Sure. The more sinister aspect of it is yeah. the skate shops. Because the skate shops were supposed to have our backs. Yep. They were supposed to care about the community. By the community, for the community. Right. Um, but we're going to make sure because this this small batch brand that makes really high quality laminate that's going to really support skateboarders and be of true value and sell at a premium price for a better margin for us. But the, they're not real skateboarders because they're laminate carpenters. Duh. <laughs> right. Well, those days are kind of behind us. Too. Yeah, thank they God. are. Yeah. That was a giant war in the in the mid two thousands into the into the twenty fifteens. That was a that was a painful time when you had this you had this uh, this kind of conflict between the powers that be. The corporate thing always does what it does. It always is mashing, munching toward the lowest common denominator, slash and burn profit. Yeah. Sure. That's what corporate things do. Right. Nobody's looking to plan B 
And, you know, nobody's looking to Plan B to be anything but a fashion branded type of, of skateboard brand. See, but I disagree with you. I don't actually disagree with you that much. But I think that people are looking at Plan B because Plan B's narrative, along with the rest of skateboarding, is this psycho-like, cult-like commitment to this like core skate culture the entire time. It's not like they're saying, like, I don't know what they could say to... Dude, I never got a phone call from Plan B. Go ahead. On the phone with me. Yeah. Saying, we're going to shut you down. <laughs> yeah. I never did. I never had Plan B uh, find me at the spot and threaten to beat me to death. Not one time. Right. Uh, or kill me at my home. But the narrative that they pushed supported the people who were saying those things to you and doing those things, in my opinion. I would, I would say that Plan B never did that, but uh, maybe Deluxe was, maybe, I mean, Deluxe was definitely lurking on, on the underbelly of, of some of that in, in regard to me, more by what they didn't do to, re, to restrain that sort of thing. They, right. knew what was, they know what's going on. Right. Um, they didn't do anything to restrain it, and it played to their favor, but they didn't, they didn't uh, show any care for that. But why, you know, uh, honestly, is it fair? Is it fair to ask a big corporate concern, which actually Deluxe is not. Deluxe is very, very lean. Sure. Um, Deluxe has, has always had a really uh, tender beating heart going on there as, as large as they look and all that stuff. Sure. Um, that's the other thing is like you were saying about Steve Bear. There are real people involved in this. Now, really yeah. quick, we're going to do what I call a station break. <laughs> we're going to stop the recording, um, but we're going to keep the Facebook Live going. And we're going to start another recording for part two of this. And uh, that's just going to be what happens. So um, for those of you on Podbean, catch us on episode two. We will uh, we'll, uh, invite you to find that on Apple or Podbean yes, or Google Play Store app or um, soon coming uh, Spotify. And uh, of course, we thank our sponsors, those who sponsor us through Podbean. Um, we really appreciate the people who are donating to the cause. And uh, we also appreciate the work that's happening at Life Skateboards. Um, become a lifer, get a Life Skateboard, lifeskateboard.com. Check it out. And also at a shop near you.